freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 356 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the Arizona governor's race, and our guest is Kimberly Yee. Born and raised in Arizona, Treasurer Kimberly Lee Yee is the first Chinese-American Republican woman to win a major statewide office in the history of the United States. That's awesome. Yes, and as Treasury, Kimberly Yee is currently the highest-ranking statewide elected Republican woman in Arizona. Mm -hmm. We got a lucky state. You know that? (laughs) In the Arizona legislature, Kimberly served as Senate Republicans majority leader and become the second woman elected to this position in Arizona history, second only to U.S. Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, who served the position in 1973. Mm -hmm. Kimberly has received an A rating from the NRA for her protection of the Second Amendment and has also gained endorsements from members of the Arizona CDL and the Arizona Firearms Trade association welcome to the show miss kimberly oh thank you so much good morning cheryl and dan thanks for having me on absolutely she's done a few things she's done a few things <laughs> I, we could have spent the whole hour uh reading your resume i mean you are quite accomplished oh thank you well it's been such an honor to serve the state in which i was born and raised over the years and you know the time that i served in the state legislature was really when I was able to work on those very important issues of keeping our right to bear arms. And and that's where you see the NRA rating um, as well as our Arizona Citizens Defense League. I mean, those are longtime partnerships that I've had over the years. So what a privilege it is to be on your show today. Absolutely. And and our honor to have you. Uh, I am on full disclosure. I'm on the board of the AZCDL uh, and the the organization we don't endorse, but our individual members, we are still citizens, right? And so our president, Dave Kopp, as a citizen and one of our founders, uh, both have stepped forward and said, you know, Kimberly Yee is the one. So thank you. Really a privilege. And the right to self-defense is really, I mean, that's bearing arms is the foundational principle of all of our other rights. And not only do you all know that your listeners do, as well as those organizations that represent us so well before our state policymakers at the legislature and on Capitol Hill. And so for all those years where I served as a member of the legislature and now as state treasurer, uh, these are the groups in which you, you know, serve as a board member that keep our citizens accountable to the people we elect. And, and those are um, so many years where we really did have to fight the fight. 
because there are those, as you know, who are elected who believe in gun control, not gun rights. Mm-hmm. And, and for those of us who stand tall, you know, with our 2A, um, we were fighting that fight. And oftentimes it's even within our own party, which is the saddest part <laughs> because people Absolutely. get elected thinking, okay, I'm electing maybe in the Republican party. And, and they assume that the person is going to be alongside with our uh, right to bear arms. And that's not the case at all. In fact, some of our, um, you know, heaviest fights could be with people within our own caucus, which is a sad story. So that's why come election season, it's so important to do the research to see where people stand on these most important issues. Yes, to get an endorsement from the Arizona CDL, right? Members of. Yes, that is is awesome. Because you know, there are people that say, oh, we believe in the second amendment, but, exactly, and they would not give you that endorsement if you use that word. That's right. And, and it's because of my proven conservative record that they go up against uh, with respect to what I have said yes on and what I've defended against. I, we have had times where even Republicans will say, oh, well, this member of the NRA opposes this legislation. So we have to oppose. OK, so it's a member of the NRA. What about the organization of the NRA? What about the organization of AZCDL as a membership? One member who's an outlier over here doesn't mean that you're, you know, you have to say, I'm going to oppose a bill. And that was really what was so surprising to me um, mm-hmm. is that you have a lot of fakes out there. <laughs> and and when we when we come as citizens to elect our, uh, you know, leaders in these various offices, whether it's local government, state government, federal government, it is so important. Take a look at what's happening in our, our cities. At our local government where we have mayors and council people elected, um, they are in many liberal cities around the country and here in the state of Arizona, they're electing those who want to defund our police. Mm. They are electing those who want to get rid of rights within your own homes, including the right to bear arms. Um, If you take a look at states like California, you have a governor who's telling what you can or cannot do in your own home. Um, Come Thanksgiving, they're probably like last year going to say you can't have more than 12 people at your dinner table. You can't have your dinner table inside. It has to be outside. I mean, this is big government overreach and control taking over, you know, the lives of everyday Americans and it's wrong. And, and so when we fight this fight, it's not only about these, uh, you know, constitutional rights that we should have, but they are taking over our freedoms, our individual liberties, and all of these things that we hold dear that we are protected by um, in, in our government. But we have people who are in elected positions across the state, across America, who don't believe in those American values, who don't believe in those rights, and they're stripping them away day by day. And that's what we have to protect against. Absolutely. And it's so infuriating because every single elected official takes an oath on the exact, to protect the exact same document. There isn't a Democrat uh, constitution and bill of rights. That's right. And a a conservative, you know, Republican uh, constitution and bill of rights. Mm -hmm. It's the same words. It's the same values. Everyone takes an oath and it is so sad how many elected officials act like they have never even heard exactly. that we have a constitution. It's and a, a very sad rights. story. And if you take a look at the state of our country and you know the the disorder that we are in, there is no law and order in this country. Um, in a in a state that I come from, Arizona, I mean, we are a border state. Mm-hmm. Uh, border security is a huge issue. I was recently visiting with women business owners in North 
Scottsdale. And in a normal election cycle, when you talk to groups such as these, you ask them what their top priorities are. And generally speaking, they would say workforce development, the economy and education to women like these. Mm -hmm. But when I asked that question two weeks ago to women business owners in North Scottsdale, they said their top priority was security because they don't exactly. feel secure. They don't feel secure in their own neighborhoods. They don't feel secure opening their doors as a mom and pop shop mm -hmm. to customers because they don't have the support of their local governments mm -hmm. because of the defunding of police, because there is you know, this uh, social justice you know, that's going rampant and, and, and people who um, you know, have these beliefs that um, are not part of the American value system. They're, and, and they're tearing down statues of mm. our US um, history. They don't understand the basic premise of the fabric of America. And, and that really is being stripped away, torn away uh, fabric by fabric across every state in this country. And, and what's interesting is that if you take a look at the um, data of gun ownership in the last year and going on two years, gun ownership is is increasing day by day because people mm -hmm. do not feel safe and these are first time gun owners that are purchasing and this increase shows that it's not just your traditional white male who is purchasing guns these are minorities these are women these are people in many demographics young old mm -hmm. uh and it's because people in america do not feel safe in their very own neighborhoods Absolutely. Well, Kimberly, the people that you were talking to, the business women in Scottsdale, yes. uh, you know, they're smart people and they see what's happening. Right. That, like in California, yes. they won't even arrest some, somebody that does $900 or less in oh, theft. I know it. That's and right. So it, how could you run a business that way? I mean, I could understand the concerns as a business owner that if we don't have the police there to help us to prevent crime, what are we going to do? We can't take care of it ourselves. Absolutely. That's right. It's yeah. a it's complete disorder. And again, there's no law and order in any of that. Um, they're taking away any prosecution uh, in California, again, of stealing $900 uh, up to goods in a store. I mean, they're taking a calculator and they're going in there and they're putting stuff in bags, knowing it's up to $900 and then walking out. And the store owner can't do a single thing because the people of California passed this initiative. Uh, it's a very sad state. And it is also one in which we really have to keep an eye on because if California goes in this direction, mm -hmm. other states will follow. Exactly. And when you take a look at who you're electing as your attorney general and your law enforcement and those in all of these elected positions, they allowed it to happen. Who spoke up against it? And, and again, th these are important issues that we have to watch very carefully because it will close down our small mom and pops. I come from a family of small business owners um, my grandfather opened his first grocery store in the 1930s in South Phoenix. And it was so long ago, you know, Arizona became a state in 1912. So he named his grocery store New State Market uh, because it was still a new state. But can That's you imagine, awesome. I mean, a, a mom and pop shop just working so hard to keep their doors open, even post pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be a critical issue for us to keep apprised of so that we can make sure we have individuals in our elective offices to ensure that we have people who believe in our constitutional rights and our individual liberties and our ability to run our businesses without regulation and without higher taxes. Absolutely. And Danny uh, shared a quick glance with me on that South Phoenix because he was raised in South, South Phoenix. Phoenix. Was that on Dobbins Road? 
It was on Seventh Avenue and Buckeye Road. Seventh Avenue. So it was a little farther yeah. down. And but... it was it was there for sixty three years oh my on God. that same corner. I'm sure and that so I've been there. I bet. Oh, how wonderful! And I've I've heard those stories over the years. Uh, did a commencement speech at uh, uh, you know one of our universities and. Uh, shared the story about, you know, running this mom and pop shop for over 60 years. And at the end of the uh, commencement speech, uh, a woman who was the great grandmother of one of the students graduating that night said, I used to shop in your grandpa's store. And, you know, there were times where individuals who didn't have the means to pay for their groceries that week, they just didn't have the work. Again, this is South, South Phoenix. And many people were struggling to find their jobs. And so grandpa, would be able to loan them the groceries for that week, write their name down on a little booklet. And when they came back after they got work and after they had the money to pay back for their groceries, he checked it off. He says, you're good to go. That's and that awesome. was the way, you know, mom and pops ran back then. And that's yeah. how they run today mm -hmm. uh, because it's really a family business. It's one in which your customers are your family. Yeah. Absolutely. So awesome. Uh, so you have been in the public, the, uh, you know, the elected official role right. for many, many years, you've worn several hats in that, uh, in those roles. And now here we are in a governor's race yes. in 2022. Uh, we are going to have a new governor and I just, you know, I, I see so many accomplishments that you've had, but I'm thinking this arena this elected official arena, this arena of politics, mm -hmm. it is a, an ever worsening viper mm -hmm. den, it seems like. And yet you are saying, <laughs> I'm in it. I'm, I'm committed to this, this race. And I just wonder what is it? Why are you, do you feel called to run for governor? What is it that's causing you uh, to run? And what is it that makes you uniquely qualified to be one of the 50 people who are governors across this nation? Well, I love America and I love my great state of Arizona. I was born and raised here and we are losing it every day from the White House policies to those who, you know, we elect and they're doing these crazy un-American things. It really is becoming a socialist country. Mm -hmm. And we see that by the government checks that are coming in the mail and people don't want to get off their couches to go to work every day. Um, this is not my America. And I have young children and I want them to live in the America that I had the privilege of living in this American dream that, you know, my grandparents began so long ago in the 1930s on that corner on 7th Avenue and Buckeye Road. And that's why I'm doing it. It's really just to preserve the freedoms and individual rights we have in this country and in this state. And I come qualified. I'm a proven conservative with a record to show for it. And for all of these years, it really has been about protecting the taxpayers, protecting our mom and pop shops, protecting our families and our values and how we grew up so that we can preserve these values. And as state treasurer, I've been fighting that fight. I've been fighting the Biden administration. They are trying to spy on our financial records of $600 or more and telling the IRS to start taking our business and uh, personal banking account records to give to the IRS. It's government surveillance. It's the largest data mining history in the United States you know, government. It's, it's really beyond uh, reason. And beyond that, I, I started fighting against you know, woke corporations, those corporations that 
are standing against American values and what we believe, like Ben and Jerry's. And just recently, I divested $143 million of Arizona funds from Unilever, which is the parent company of Ben and Jerry's, because Ben and Jerry's said they would boycott our ally and friend Israel um, and never do business with that manufacturer uh, partner from 30 years that they've been making ice cream there. And, and that's because they don't believe in freedom. And, and this was a stance that I did on September 7th and four other states have followed along, New Jersey, Texas, Florida, and soon North Carolina have all divested hundreds of millions of dollars from Ben and Jerry's and these woke corporations so that we stand together to say no more, we can do this too. And, and this also um, has been a fight in the legislature against teacher unions, against labor unions, against those who are you know, liberal activists who, who are trying to take away just our basic freedoms and ensuring that we keep for our children what we know and love in this country, which is freedom and opportunity. And so that's the, you know, I'm, I'm standing up for these values. I'm, I'm a pro-life Republican. I am a second amendment Republican. I wanna have border security, election integrity. And really we have to get back to the freedoms of our children. They shouldn't, you know, have to be in a classroom uh, that teaches values that are against what we believe. They're tearing a pages apart from the US history books. They're teaching critical race theory. Um, and all of these are horrible ways to uh, infiltrate ideas into the minds of our children. And so that's why you see long lines um, going into the homeschool system, going into the private school system, because people don't want that for their children. Um, and, and just, you know, as mom and pops out there who are opening their businesses every day, they fear those doors being open because they don't feel safe um, and they don't feel that their uh, local governments are protecting them with law enforcement anymore. Yeah, and there's some states I hear I think it was New Jersey that says that they don't want homeschooling. And the reason I they can't. don't, because they can't control it. That's mm. right. It is outside of their government control. And, and that is something I wouldn't be surprised if New Jersey would just plain prohibit it, which again, yeah. takes away those parental rights to educate their children in the best way they see fit. And, yes. and again, school choice um, is about comp a competitive marketplace in our education system. Just like we have a competitive marketplace in our economy, you know, when you go to the marketplace, you get to choose what restaurant right. will serve you best. And you walk with your feet, you vote with your feet. Mm -hmm. That's the same way it should be in our education system. So a parent should have the right to choose all of the options. It doesn't mean the options shouldn't all be there. They should all stay in place, but parents should decide which option is best for their child. And so as, you know, people are moving from, you know, mm. public school to private or to homeschooling, do their dollars get to stay with them? How does that piece of it work? Unfortunately, no. And that's why you see uh, parents who are homeschool parents paying not only their property taxes for their local school district that they reside in, paying for seats that their kids are not sitting in. Right. They're paying additionally for their homeschool education. Um, in the same way you see in the private school system, if you want to go to a parochial school, your child has to pay for those dollars in that private school system. Yet at the same time, you're paying your property taxes and any overrides and all of those things that are happening in your residential area where you have your school district. Um, and in some districts across Arizona, this is something that many of your listeners may not know, but back in the 60s, they had something called desegregation. 
-hmm. So there are DSEG districts across Arizona where the property tax is even higher than the average one because they're still under this DSEG system. Even though all those problems were fixed decades ago, they're still charging higher taxes for those uh, residents in those um, areas. It's a sad thing. We should be doing something differently in terms of funding our child. It should be money on the backs of each child, no matter what system they choose to go. The same amount, and you don't have to pay more or less um, in any system. It will all be equal, and, and it allows for the parent to choose, again, the best educational option for their child. Absolutely. And there, there are mechanisms that, that we can use to, to make that happen where it, absolutely there's where an education money follows the child. Exactly. And, and that is something that takes time and effort and experience. And that's what I bring to this table. But back in the day before I was elected, I was a staff member um, to two Republican governors and to the Arizona State Senate Education Committee. So my policy experience is on this very issue, education. And I helped write some of the charter school laws back in the 90s. So if you have someone who comes onto the job as governor who has zero experience, they will not understand how you make these significant reforms because they're really in the weeds and they take experience and time and effort and those who they know, you know, across the table uh, to ensure that those uh, laws are changed. But look at how many years we've had this on the books and we just haven't had the political courage of individuals leading that effort. And, and this is the time where we can take a look at 2022 to elect the CEO of the state, it's the governor. And, and can you imagine how many Democrats across this country are taking a look at this purple state in Arizona and seeing the opportunities they have? They took advantage in 2018 and 2020 of two U.S. Senate seats. Arizona is now run by two U.S. senators who are liberal, progressive Democrats who don't understand the values that we hold. Uh, we are in a time and place where the Democrats will spend heavily in Arizona. So that's why we have to get our effort out uh, to ensure that we keep these seats with people who, again, believe in our constitutional rights, who have the proven record to do the job. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I want to touch back on um, our, our rights to keep and bear arms, our Second yes. Amendment rights. Uh, federally, which, you know, the Arizona governor wouldn't be impacting, but federally, there's a bill, H.R. 2377, that's been um, written, and I believe it's even moved through the House last week, and it is, uh, it's got a big fancy name, Federal <laughs> Extreme Risk Protection Order Act of 2021. It's a red flag law, which okay. is a, a firearms confiscation scheme, oh and uh, here in our state, uh Governor Ducey, you know, God bless him. He's a Republican, but he's, but. yeah, he's been a little squishy on our, our gun rights. And um, he is one that likes the idea of extreme risk protection orders. They're called ERPOs. He had, you know, kind of wrapped one into a school uh, funding bill, I believe it was, mm. uh, because it couldn't stand on its own right. So, you know, moving forward, looking at our next governor these kinds of things are going to be very important and they are definitely going to be part of the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, where do you stand on that particular issue with red flag laws? Well, first of all, I was in the legislature uh, in the Senate when there was an issue very, very similar to this that came up and it came from the ninth floor, meaning, you know, the executive uh, and the governor was choosing to move this forward. I believe it was after a school shooting 
that had occurred in, you know, it was the national news. And so there was this push to put forward these types of policy approaches. But in the Senate, we said, well, first of all, you know, they wanted to start it in the Senate, then move it over to the House. And in our Republican caucus, we met and we said, sorry, this is not going to be a go. We will not have the votes. We have, we had a privilege of having great two-way supporters in our Republican caucus when I served in the Senate. Um, and when we said, well, we would like a letter then from our local Arizona Citizens Defense League to show that we are good to go on these policies. But guess what? They couldn't get that letter because they were not good to go no. from their membership. We also asked for a letter from the National you know, uh, uh, NRA. And they said, well, it was kind of a similar story. We have a member of our um, executive team who is an NRA member who approves of the policy. I said, that's not going to cut it. Give us letterhead from mm-hmm. the organization that says we agree that these policies should move forward in the state Senate of Arizona. When they couldn't produce those two uh, letterheads with the support from those national organizations, with all of those members who believe in the same things we do, we did not move that bill forward. Mm-hmm. And we waited until those individuals from those organizations came to the table. Again, this is how my governing style is. You don't have to rush legislation just because you want to make a headline Mm -hmm. and be the first state to do it. You need to bring those who are part of the conversation, who should be part of the conversation, so that you have buy-in from these Mm -hmm. key advocacy groups. So if our two-way, you know, Second Amendment rights groups were not on board locally, we knew we could not move that bill. And we didn't until they came alongside, we're at the table. and, And as the process moved along, um, you know, the House, again, had their dialogue. So that's why I believe that you have to be very careful in looking at these uh, types of red flag, you know, uh, policies, those who they get into the weeds of um, even the local districts. So you have to watch that as well, because some of the policies seep into a local governing school board meeting and who shows up at a local governing school board meeting, not a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. So these types of groups try to sneak their stuff in at multiple levels when people are not watching. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, you know, elect, you know, bright individuals who are going to read the laws, they're going to read the text line by line to see if this stuff is you know, part of um, of the bills. Again, you just shared that, and I wasn't in the legislature when this was attempted. It sounds like a new version, but it sounded like they put it in another bill so that those who would normally watch these types of um, policies wouldn't have been monitoring that school issue bill because the, the subject line would never have said anything like what was, you know, within the weeds of that bill. And so it's really important that we keep an eye on this legislation so that this does not get passed at multiple levels. Not we're talking at the state level, but take a look at all of our local governments from the cities to our school boards, to our town councils. All of these are critical areas that we have to watch very carefully. Absolutely. Dan, did you have a question? No, go ahead. Oh, uh, I thought you were (laughs) flagging me. Um, Well, I I just, you know, this deal about um, the the red flag thing, I mean, it it really disturbs me because it doesn't solve the problem. If you take my, let's say I go crazy and you take my guns away from me. Well, I've got knives, I've got cars, I've got, and I've got the guns you didn't know I had. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that we penalize law-abiding citizens for somebody who is a criminal absolutely and that's exactly what the liberal progressives do is whenever there is a you know a situation they go and blame the people who are the law-abiding citizens 
Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Those who have, um, you know, the issues where they're doing these types of crimes, those are, they're going to go and find another uh, way to do it. And, right. and it, again, it's really unfortunate that you have people who are elected in these positions that you thought were with you or mm -hmm. on the same page when, you know, their elections are up. They really aren't when you find out they're already in their, their positions and they're proposing these, these types of um, regulatory bans. And, and also um, we've seen them try to increase fees, you know, um, for transfer of arms, you know, and the purchases and all of those things are little things, but they add up. Um, and when you take a look at the long list of laws that we've had on the books, not only in our state, but in other states, uh, it's critical that you take a look if a Democrat, a progressive, um, a, a gun control person were in the top seat of elective office in that governor's office, all of those policies would go away in a moment. And that is the risk that we run when we don't pay attention to these critical elections. Right. And Kimberly, I mean, California, Chicago, yes. uh, New York, New Jersey, all these states that are doing these stupid things, is it working? No, it's not working. No. What, what? Why wouldn't they think, okay, maybe like, would they had a chance to recall Newsom? Why wouldn't they That's think, right. oh, let's make a change. If it doesn't work, it's only a year and a half, and then we mm -hmm. can correct ourselves, but let's do something different mm -hmm. than we're doing now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and you see them flee from those states you know, Arizona is, is taking them, you know, we welcome them. We just ask them to please leave your policies behind. Um, but if you take a look at, at the growth that we've had um, in, in a very short period of time, you can tell that these are people who are fleeing those states mm -hmm. because of the high regulations. And again, their states don't look like anything they were when I'm sure those, those individuals first resided there. Right, and I, I do wanna talk about this IRS thing that you mentioned earlier yes, about people getting a bank account. Mm -hmm. because to me, it's like, okay, they say they, they have these selected criminals that are stealing money and they want to go after them. So they're going to go after everybody, audit everybody and keep an eye on their accounts for the few that do cheat. And that would be like saying, okay, we're going to, you know what? There's some crime in this neighborhood. We're going to put cameras in every house, mm. every house. We're going to put a camera because there could be a chance that they could do something wrong. To me, that's no different. That's right. Thing. It's, it's an invasion of your privacy right. and it's government surveillance. They say that they're trying to get after the 1% top earners or the tax evaders. Not the case at all. When you put the threshold at $600 in and out transactions, that's everyone. everyone. That is everyday Americans, lower income Americans. Everybody has $600 or more in and out of a financial institution. So that's their excuse to spy into the lives of our financial records. Now they're gonna start looking at each line item to see what we spend on. Right. And, and again, it's, it's just un-American and that's why I'm fighting a back, back against the Biden administration day in and day out. And, and it's, it's one more thing every week. It sure is. And speaking of uh, our finances and you know they're so concerned about what we're doing with our pennies, uh, and then they do crazy things with our dollars that yes. the, the only money the government has is money they've taken from taxpayers. That's right. And uh, there's this border issue that's come up mm -hmm. where the Biden administration, and I'm not even clear, are they saying they might pay $450,000 yeah. to 
each person who crossed over illegally and, yes. and their family was separated? Yes. Are they proposing it? Or are they actually doing it? And what on earth can we do about that? That is, I know what we can do. Go craziness. across the border and come back across. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, this is, it's a $450,000 proposal for each person who it comes over illegally to try to, you know, bring them back to uh, their next, you know, the other person. So that's really $900,000 if you take oh a look at gosh. the couple. Um, and nearly a million dollars for illegal immigrants to have these services for reunification when veterans who are Americans who fought for the security of our country are not getting one single penny and living homeless on the streets of our cities and towns across mm. America. Mm. It is so upside down. How, what do you do about it? How can you do something about it? You elect people who believe in what you believe in. And this is not what we believe in in America. Mm. So mm. at a minimum, this is going to show, I believe, beyond Republicans and independents, even Democrats feel this is wrong. They will see that the Biden administration has gone way too far. And I hope that comes along with a pendulum swing in 2022 mm-hmm. to elect conservatives and those who believe in our constitutional rights, those who are Americans, who, I mean, this is an America uh, that we should be protecting. And these open border policies, plus the money on top, plus the spending and expenditures we have to do to provide those services for education, for healthcare, for incarceration, for, you know, all of these things cost more than just that $450,000 you're talking about per person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just their invitation amount uh, mm-hmm. to come into the door. Um, right. That's the appetizer. I mean, it, it, it is really a sad story when you take a look at the expenditures we are seeing out of this administration. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, you know, it is a, not a revenue problem, it's a spending problem. Mm-hmm. And, and we really have to keep these individuals accountable at every level. And it's, you know, it's something that we can do as, as voters. Mm-hmm. You take a look at where people stand and it's pretty simple. When you take a look at where they are and where we are, there's a huge divide. Absolutely. We're hearing so- a lot, I'm sorry, but like uh, in, in NBC or NSB or whatever the news station, I don't watch it, so. <laughs> MSNBC. Yeah, they are saying that, uh, they're not giving really positive reports about Biden right now, which is, which is, yeah, they, that's telling. Yeah. So it is. So, and so, well, and uh, another, we're sitting in the studio on Monday, November 1st. uh, Hmm. And so in, in real time tomorrow, there's a huge election in the state of Virginia. By the time this episode airs, we'll know the results of it. Um, But that could be a tremendous marker a tremendous bellwether event because they are voting on their governor their lieutenant governor um their attorney general and all 100 seats in their house and so i am hoping that by the time this episode where we're we're talking airs we will see a sea change in how people are understanding their government. And if 2020 and the first part of 2021 hasn't taught us that even the dog catcher, even mm-hmm. city council, even school boards, like every place, every uh, place that elected official sits, mm-hmm. it needs our attention and we need to pay attention and vote our values. As you said, uh, what do you feel about that? 
Well, when I was, uh, and I still am, a grassroots activist back 15, 20 years ago, and I was literally spending my Saturday mornings knocking on doors and registering people to vote and, and be Republicans and come to our meetings, I saw how important it was to build this out from the very beginning. And it's so important for us to keep even those you mentioned at our every level, whether it's school board, ask the school board member who's running for office how they feel about your second amendment rights. And then if you get a response from them that says, but we're not the legislature, I'm not running for the legislature, those people do the policies, you still get an answer from them because Amen. they're going to be in that office and they're going to want to run for the legislature one day. Mm -hmm. And we didn't stop them when they ran for their first elective office. Bingo. And so I will always ask my key questions, anybody running for any elective office, and quite frankly, even in an appointed office. And, and all of these are key leadership questions that we the people need to ask, because that individual can advance from this position to that position and even higher. And if we didn't stop them here, it might be too late when they get up here. And so again, this is very important. This is the time to do it. We're approaching 2022. These are key elections in many great states that really need our help. So I just so appreciate your time and your effort in, in making sure we inform and advance uh, these key initiatives across the country. Absolutely. And as we're wrapping up, and I, I do want you to tell folks how they can uh, either support your campaign, because campaigns take people power and money power, right? Yes. Um, but as you're wrapping up and letting us know how we can reach out and, and learn more about you or, or um, help out with your campaign. Also remind folks why Kimberly Yee is uniquely qualified for the position of Arizona state governor. I'm uniquely qualified because I have that proven conservative record that no one has in this race. And you can look every one of those votes up. And that's why I have been endorsed, you know, by the key organizations, uh, including, you know, the Trade Association for um, Firearms, including the leaders of our Arizona Citizens Defense League, and having the NRA track record. I'm a life member and, you know, my family believes in hunting and we believe in the sport and we believe in ensuring that we have protection in our own homes and in our businesses. These are the same values that many of your listeners hold dear as well. And so when this opportunity comes up to every four years to elect the governor of a state, this is probably the most critical um, position to lead beyond you know, the four years, it becomes eight years, it becomes a decade of policies that will come into place. But if we don't pay attention, the wrong person gets elected into that office. And all of the issues that we have put on the books to protect our rights will go away in a moment's time. That's the message. I am at KimberlyYee.com. And on that website, you will see a little bit about my story, my history, my experience as well as a little donate button that says donate here. And there's different sections. If you wanna donate a small amount to even a larger amount, every amount will help the campaign send our conservative message across the state of Arizona to voters to let them know who I am, what I represent. And those values are so important that we keep and protect our second amendment rights, that we keep and protect our border security, especially as a key border state. I have had the former ICE director of President Trump's administration endorse my campaign and be an advisor. He didn't even know who I, I mean, we've never met before, but he cold called me because he did his research. And he said, you're the one 
who has to be elected so that we can keep Arizona in safe hands, especially as a key border state like ours. Um, So I invite your listeners to, again, visit my website at KimberlyYee.com. I'm also at KimberlyYeeAZ on Twitter and Facebook. And I, again, appreciate this time spending with you to talk about these important issues. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we will be checking back in as the election draws closer. Thank you, Cheryl and Dan. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. My goodness. Um, I mean, she is quite accomplished. She definitely has her uh, mind around the key issues. She has experience in the key issues. This will be an exciting race to watch um, how things play out. I cannot imagine that we're going to elect uh, one of the Democrats running. Um, So I do feel that um, it is going to be kind of stacked up um, against the the, um, GOP candidates. I mean, anything could happen as we have seen, but um, the way that the Democratic Party has has drifted so far afield from our constitutional values, um, and I'm seeing pushback from from members of both parties, actual citizens of both parties going, what the heck is happening? You know, in just eight short months, nine short months, wherever we are now, um, what has happened to our laws, to our our finances, you know, our dollars are worth less. Our products are costing more. It's becoming harder to make ends meet. And, uh, so it's not working. It's not, I think it's not anybody that has any sense at all can realize that is not working. It's let's don't make Arizona not work as well, like California and <laughs> Chicago yeah. and those. Let's, let's fix it oh. now while we still have a chance. Amen, sir. You know, we're running late. We are. We got to wrap up. So um, thank you so much to our awesome guest, uh, Arizona State Treasurer Kimberly Yee, running for Arizona State Governor. Thank you to our amazing listeners all over the world, wherever there is internet service, We have listeners, your time is your most finite commodity. And when you spend it with us, we notice it matters. We appreciate you. Thank you. People all over the country are wishing they have the freedom that we have. I almost said had, we still have all all over over the the world world. are, are, are wishing they could be here and they're praying they can be here and they're, they're, they're fighting to get here and they're sacrificing to get here. And yet the people here are letting it go they're just taking it and put it in the garbage it's not even going in a recycle bin that can be fixed it's going in the dump and and it's what we were founded on right that's what people want right not not where this puck is headed right that's that is not what people are fighting to get here for so the people they're fighting to get away from those things so the the direction that our puck is heading the people that want to change america why don't you go to another country that needs their help yeah see how far you get that's a great idea. All right. And uh, if you'd like to listen to any or watch any of these videos that we uh, make here every week, you can go to YouTube, GunStreamer, or the smartphone uh, app called Ops Lens. And if you like to just listen to the audio only version, because maybe you're out for a bike ride or a wonderful walk now that it's fall and it's just lovely out everywhere, even here in the hot area of Arizona. We're having lovely 
weather. Uh, if you like to listen to the audio only version, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, darling. darling. And uh, if you want to see photos and bios and links to all of the guests that we've ever had on, go to our guest tab. And there is a wealth of information of subject matter experts that we have talked to over the years. And uh, when you spend time there, we don't hate that. Nope. All right. And be sure when you do go to GunStreamer and YouTube, click the subscribe button and then gently lift your pinky up and hit the notifications button so that you will be notified every time we post a new show. And if those that don't want to use a pinky can slam it down. Slam it. That's what everybody else says, you know, smash it. And I'm like, no, how about we just delicately press yeah, it? Slam it down, guys. All right. And so next, until next time, what are we going to do? We're going to pray for our nation. Mm -hmm. Pray for our leaders. Absolutely. Even How about the one or two, maybe that you don't care for? One or two, one or two, 40, 50 or more. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to pray for them really bad. We're, we're going to double pray for them. Double pray for them. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, what we pray, that's a different story, but we're going to pray for them. And maybe especially for the ones we don't like. And until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.